0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, cause here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ken. I'm the host of the ODPH. And also joining me in studio, as always, staying socially distant is the one and only Padawan Jay. Hello, hello, hello. We have some stuff to discuss in the land of sports, so let's join in that conversation, shall we? Hit us up on our social media accounts. You can find them all on OchoDuroParleyHour.com and use the hashtag ODPH to join in the conversation because we definitely want to interact with you. We are hoping everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, and staying home and just trying to ride through this entire C19 era out until we flatten the curve and get back to normalcy. We just hope everybody's spirits are very strong, and we have some stuff to talk about this week, don't we, Pat? Yeah, we do. So, kicking off the show this week, let us re-follow up of a story that we covered last week, and that was UFC 249 Mm -hmm. on Fantasy Island,
1: or Mortal Mortal Kombat, however you want to define it. Shout out to whoever online, because i saw it sure plenty of times but i don't know who originated it shout out to whoever took the fighter island mortal Kombat island idea and ran with it to the point they made a music festival like poster uh for three days in the fights that like it looked like a genuine music festival poster if you've ever seen one where like the really big name acts are in really big fought and then you get to like the end of the day and it's like the smaller name acts are a little smaller fought with like every fighter known to god and man it was hilarious
0: How the internet ran with this, bravo. Mm -hmm. Well, let's
1: face it. The internet's got a lot of time on its hands these days.
0: They got a lot of time, but this was definitely entertaining to see because the entire idea that... It was
1: ludicrous. Yeah.
0: The UFC was going to try attempting to fly in fighters Mm -hmm. from around the world. This is
1: like some Hunger Games type stuff.
0: Yeah. it It was Mortal Kombat brought to life. Yeah. That we we're going to just have the, the fights at a mysterious island that was never really announced where.
1: If it ever happens, like, on this island, can we get the guy who actually voices the announcer from Mortal Kombat to do, like, Fighter Island? Yes. That needs to happen. Like, I don't I don't know if the gentleman is still alive. I hope he is. But, like, can we get him to do that?
0: Oh, my God. That, that so needs to happen. Because when this was originally taking place, the fights were supposed to be going on. And UFC 249 was supposed to still be a go, albeit with a little shifting in the cards with Justin Gaethje jumping in. Uh-huh. The main event slot to fight Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight
1: title. Rose Namajunas dropped out.
0: Yes, yeah, so a lot of stuff has happened. And as you were touching upon, Rose has dropped out um, due to... Family issues. Right. So, lo and behold, since our last episode, the official word came down... UFC
1: 249
0: has been canceled.
1: Although not by Dana White's own decision. Break it down, Pat. Yeah, so the uh, news came down on April 9th via an interview that UFC would not proceed on April uh, 18th due to uh, UFC, despite UFC President Dana White's efforts to move forward with the pay per view event trying to move heaven hell and earth all at once through his own means to make it happen uh he also went on to say all other ufc events uh have been postponed indefinitely due to the pandemic uh saying quote today we got a call from the highest level you can go at disney and the highest level at espn and the powers that be there ask me to stand down and not do this event next saturday close quote thoughts on that uh i'm very surprised it happened. I'm a little surprised that, you know, the head of Disney, which at this point, if We're going to cross over shows here a little bit. Mm. Um, As I was reading the other day, Bob Iger, who was taking a step back and letting the new gentleman, I forget his name, who was head of the parks and supposed to be taking over for Iger. In the meantime, in between time, uh, Iger has stepped back in during the uh, all the craziness going on and all the tumultuous things that are going on with the Disney company itself, not just the movies and the parks. Mm. But Iger has stepped back in. So I'm willing to bet this came from Bob Iger himself. Uh, I'm very surprised by that. Uh, and then also, you know, not as surprised that uh, James, I had to Google it, James Pitaro, who is the president of uh, ESPN. So, I'm not, not so surprised he stepped in just because if that fight went through and they carried it, uh, carried it on ESPN, there'd be a lot of backlash for ESPN itself.
0: Bravo to Bob Iger and everybody involved. If Bob Iger
1: was the one making the call, I'm presuming he was. I'm presuming
0: it was too because the idea of having this Sure, it's great on paper if there wasn't a pandemic going on. Mm
1: -hmm. If there's not a pandemic, this is a wild idea that I'd be all for. Hell
0: yeah, but you can't do it in this time period. No, God no. You have to be so specific in how you are flying in fighters, and the safety and health of the people you are bringing into that island should be number one. Mm -hmm. The fact that Disney stepped in and said, no way, cancel the fight, is brilliant, and I applaud it. It is the right call. Yeah. Trust me, I want to see fights more than anybody. I want to see anything
1: real sports, period, as much as anybody.
0: Exactly. But to do it at the risk of human safety... And flying in multiple people, whether they're fighters, whether the medical staff, whether it's announcers, however many people you're bringing in. Because we never got a full tally no, like, of what that was supposed to be.
1: This fight was supposed to take place, you know, and I realize that we, it was canceled a week ago, but we were like two weeks out from this thing. And we still didn't know the full details of this. Like, okay, it's taking place on an island. Where? You know, how is this gonna work? Who's sanctioning the fight? Is anyone recognizing the fight? Or who's gonna be the refs? Or you know, like just the logistics of this made no sense and we didn't know. And I'm to be honest, I'm not sure UFC knew.
0: No, I I think this was kind of a paint by numbers as they were going.
1: They were they were flying by the seat of their pants.
0: Well, I understand that they want to get everything back up and running and Is there prerogative to feel that way? Sure. I'm not questioning that, because especially looking at the response on social media about this, Mm -hmm. people were losing their mind that they were getting fights again. Mm -hmm. And and there was only a a small amount of people, including us, that were saying this is a bad idea at this time. Yeah. So I understand the audience is there and everybody wants to get back to some kind of normalcy right now. I fully get that. Yeah. But to do it at the expense of just making it happen and building a makeshift arena to do this in and and hoping everything works out. Right. You need to be better planned about this. Mm -hmm. From All the information I have read, they were not ready to
1: go. This is something that needs, I would say maybe at minimum a year's worth of planning that like to, to build everything, set everything up, Get all the moving pieces in place. You know the medical staff and the facilities and the, and the this and the that. You need at least a, a year, if not two, to get this fully set up and going. This is not something you can pull off. You know this isn't college where you're pulling an all nighter to write a paper and you can pull it off. It's it's no. You you can't do this in like three weeks.
0: No, it's, you shouldn't do it in that in that short amount of time. I I don't know if you could do it quicker in a year, like maybe in a few months, like maybe four or five, depending on what you're you're trying to do with this place. Yeah. Like if you're building, for example, and I know we're kind of crossing uh, genres here a little bit, it's like when um, AEW is building that outdoor arena, right. for their right. uh, for their pay per view show. Uh, if you could do that in a short amount of time per se, but to have a medical staff ready because you're on a secluded island. Right,
1: a medical staff where there's a ca- there's cases of this pandemic in every state in the United in the United States. Yeah. Like doctors are needed. There is not time or you know people available that aren't really doing anything right now. Oh yeah, I got time to fly to an island.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. With whatever is going on right now, where you're trying to pull medical staff away from where they're helping people right now. That's a very selfish thing to do, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if you were going to try doing this, for example, and I'm just going to throw a a date out there. If you were going to try doing this in August, let's say the sanctions about shutdowns are not lifted by then,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. is now April. So Mm -hmm. we're talking May, June, July, August. So that's four months. Mm -hmm. If you set up something in place where if you were still going to build Fighter Island or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm and you were going to have a medical staff quarantined that you were going to have personally there for that fight. Right. Then you were going to have fighters secluded and quarantined. So, thus, you're doing it like the WWE Uh is doing, which we'll touch upon a little later in the show. Then I could be more comfortable with this. Right. But to makeshift this and just say, all right, we're going to just fly everybody in and around – and if that wasn't the case, then the then the image that was getting sent out was not clearing this up for and, the UFC. And
1: what wasn't helping the UFC is how mysterious and secluded all of these details were. Because as fluid as everything is in the world and how crazy everything is in the world, this isn't something that you can just kind of like wait for the dirt sheets to get and mm-hmm. wait for the Ariel Hawanis and the Brad Okamoto's or the, or the writing community to get out. You need to be crystal clear with what's going on here, because if you're not, you're going to draw criticism warranted or not on your organization that may be founded or not that, you know, okay, let's just say for using your example, the August, everything gets lowered and they still want to go through with this. you got enough time between now and then to come up with a plan, come up with what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And you have to be 110% crystal clear about how you're doing things because how you were doing things before with this island. Was not good. It was not a good look. Oh, hey, I bought an island. We're going to house fights. Oh, okay, cool. we you got the infrastructure? Oh, it's being built. Okay, well, what about medical staff? The, you know doctors are kind of hard to come by these days. What are, you, what are you going to do for that? What are you going to do? You know, you're only supposed to have no more than ten people in a, in a gathering together. Like, well, how are you going to do that? You know, you've got to be crystal clear with how this is going to work.
0: And that's the problem that we just didn't have enough information for that. However, though, I know the UFC is still working on building the place up. Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I'm reading correct from ESPN, it's going to be outside of Fresno in California. But then again, the California State Athletic Commission has suspended all combat sports through the end of May. So I don't exactly know how they're going to get around this if if this was the place Um, because it was never really kind of crystal clear what's going on there. And... With this being said, the UFC should just kind of take the pause right now and kind of think, okay, what's the next move going to be? Mm -hmm. Because obviously this, this card is off, and it's the right call to make. The next big card that was supposed to happen was going to be on May 9th, and I believe that's UFC 250. Okay. And that was supposed to be the fight between Henry Cejudo, the bantamweight champion, and it was going to now be taking place against Dominic Cruz, who was going to come in and fill in for Jose Aldo, who was going to, has the same travel restrictions that Habib does. Right. So he wasn't going to be able to make the fight. So this is where it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. Because I know that, as we're reporting to on ESPN, that the Cejudo is still in camp ready for a fight, but mm-hmm. just kind of waiting to see what happens. Right. But you're still in the same boat that you've been in before. How are you going to do this? with a pandemic going on.
1: Right, because even you bring up, okay, we finally found out one of the areas they were looking at, they were looking at uh, the the Tai Chi... uh, Palace Casino Resort in Lenmore, California, which is near Fresno, Uh, you know, and uh, obviously, as Ken mentioned, the California State Athletic Commission had canceled all combat events through May 31st. But the hitch with this was that, you know, the casino resort is located on uh, Native American tribal land and the ban does not apply. So in the casino also didn't have to follow any executive stay at home order by the state. So, hey, there's a loophole. But okay, here's the issue you run into. California State Athletic Commission says, hey, no combat sports. May May 31st, you hold this fight, California ain't going to recognize it. So, you, what, you just paid these fighters to fight for nothing? Like, the record ain't going to count? You know, any title changes aren't going to count? Yeah. You know, you're going to run into all sorts of issues.
0: And essentially, you're having your fighters risk losing their fighter's license because if California wants to come down on them, mm-hmm. then you're going to have an
1: unsanctioned event. you got an unsanctioned event at a time where they're saying no combat sports through the end of May. April 18th, and you're going, let's have a fight. Yeah. And and you just lost how many licenses for fighters?
0: Like, the ramifications about this, like, would be far more damaging than to actually pull off the fight. Sure, you can say a loophole, but let's face it. If you just try being that person to say, oh, I found a a waiver I can get away with this, Mm -hmm. karma comes back to haunt you in the worst way possible. This is an
1: instance you need to be thinking four steps ahead of where you currently are. You can't just be thinking about the here and now and what's going to, you know, the almighty dollar. You got to be thinking about everything. Yeah, and I don't think
0: they were. No, I, I don't think. I think they were thinking. Okay, if we can control our own destiny, so to speak, and have our own rules to do this in, then maybe we can swing it. I just think, in my humble ODPH opinion, this is the wrong time to just throw it against the wall and hope you find something that sticks. Mm. Because any time that you don't go in fully thinking about everybody you're bringing into this camp and how's you need to make sure at this time that you're keeping everybody healthy and adhering to the guidelines that are given to try rushing a fight in like this and just really make something happen. I, I understand what they're doing and you know, in certain respects I think that I, their hearts in the right place, but we have to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think otherwise, this is where the problem started adding up because it just takes one fighter or somebody in their camp to get sick. And then you're at fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. I understand that you want to say the show must go on mentality is a good thing. And in certain aspects it is. But we are in a different rules right now. Oh, yeah. Pandemic. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And I don't know what, if they're going to be able to pull off something by May 9th in another state. Or I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think they should. No. So, Pad, this is where I'm going to kind of ask you. If you are Dana White and the UFC. Mm-hmm. What do you think your next move should be right now that everything is shut down until further notice?
1: I think you take a step back. You don't hold any events like you've already announced. You wait. I think you should follow in baseball's example and work with the proper you know, government you know, organizations and there were other world organizations to figure out, okay, how do we go about coming back to this? When would be the right time? You work with them and you get a plan set in place. And then I would come back with the most stacked card of all time. You've, you've now not had fights for a month now, as we sit here recording. You are looking at, you know, at least, you know, all fights are postponed for the foreseeable future. You're looking at the next couple of months without any fights. You're going to have a lot of top-tier fighters who are in fight and form, ready to go. I think you come back and you make it up to the fans and say, hey, we know you missed us. Let's give, let's do you a, f- a solid and stack that card head to toe. Three title fights, four title fights, whatever the heck it takes.
0: What I think they should do is hold off and shoot for International Fight Week. And what I'm going to say is this. We're going to be talking July 4th week. Mm. Rough rough shot. I don't have a calendar in front of me, so I'm not looking. But whenever the fight week is going to be for that time period, I would do back-to-back nights Friday and Saturday. Sure. And I would be exactly like you said. Stack that card into nobody's business. That is July 4th weekend, now that I've got a calendar in front of me. You do fights on the 3rd and 4th or you do it on the 10th and 11th, whatever the case is, and you stack those like nobody's business. In fact, I'll even give you your main events. Mm -hmm. Night one, lightweight title, Habib versus Ferguson. Sure. Co-main, you can do Usman versus Masvidal. Okay. Next night, you can do Headline, McGregor, Diaz, three. Mm-hmm. And co-main, John Bones Jones versus Dominic Reyes. Okay. And you can stack the bottoms however you want for that cards. If you even want to wait for the Cejudo fight, you can put Cejudo versus Cruz on one of those nights too. Yeah. You have some wiggle room to do this. And I think that that would be the smart play. And if you even want to raise the price of pay-per-view for those events... So let's say we pay right now about sixty-five mm-hmm. for pay-per-view, but we also have a watch party that helps offset that cost. Mm-hmm. I have no issue if you bump that up to a hundred bucks a night. No, if you stack that card like you do, like UFC one hundred or two hundred, yeah, you do the big ones that have yeah. that have been the legendary cards. Stack that up, people will not have a problem paying for that. In fact, you might have even the highest buy rate you've had since Brock Lesnar used to fight for you.
1: Yeah. I'd say that's a safe bet if you do that. Yeah,
0: because you don't need to do a Hall of Fame ceremony the night before. Cause no. You, you don't have a Hall of Fame. No. It's like the WWE. Sure. I mean, the recognition. The Hall of nice. Fame
1: exists, but it's not like you can go visit it. Exactly.
0: Until they have that built up in Vegas. I Don't n- care. Yeah, I don't really care. In fact, if you want to do that, do that Sunday on the way home. Like, you, mm. Do that as a, a nice way to unwind and just appreciate what you got with the Ultimate Fight Week. So if you do that, that would make a ton more sense. And then if you're serious about doing this island, because I thought about this. Lord help me. I don't know why this idea popped in, but I'm now f- fully convinced on this. You really want to do Mortal Kombat on that island? Take it back to UFC 1 rules. Mm-hmm. Pat, do you know what those are?
1: Uh, basically lawless from what I've read.
0: Yeah, no eight classes. You do a, a, a eight-man tournament. Oh, my Lord. And what fighting style wins at the end of the night? You go full Mortal Combat oh with my that. Lord have mercy. You bring it back to the to the day ones. Aleister
1: O'Fring versus Jose Aldo, please.
0: You, I've, I'm telling you, you can get away with this, and people will watch. I will watch because if you want to really throw it back, you want to. If you are that hard up to do Mortal Combat on a private island, this is the way to do it.
1: I'm thinking of some matchups in my head, and we might actually have a Mortal Combat fatality.
0: I'm, good Lord. I'm just saying, I mean, this is what you used to do with the UFC way back when, when it just used to be like the different fighting styles. This is why we you yeah, had Gracie's running through crazy.
1: They do that. They might have to toss out like every top five knockout video they've ever done because that, that would f- just basically top everything.
0: Yeah. You, well, like I say, I, I'm sure that they wouldn't let like the flyweights fight the heavyweights. Well, I mean, yeah. But I think yeah. in, in certain aspects, you, you would definitely have a good mix of fighters in there and just let them go crazy. And it would be something for the fans. Sure, don't. I'm not saying do this as a regular thing. This is. No, kind of like, God, no. This is just something that if you're serious about doing the moral combat, which I mean, I, I, if they still want to do the island after this is all said and done, more power to you. I'm not, I'm not saying it is the bad idea if we're not living in a pandemic area. Yeah. But you have to think about that. And there has to be steps involved. You have to work with the athletic commissions. If they're willing to say, okay, if we fly in. On a, on a quarantined jet. X amount of fighters, X amount of teams. They're secluded in a hotel. They're you know kept away from the public. They just are training. That's all they're doing. And then you have a fight in an empty arena while this is going on, then fine. Mm-hmm. But to just have everybody come in at once and, and do that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that that would be the smart move for the UFC to do. I know thinking if we can get fights up and running sooner, sure, more power to it. But we have to realize the era we live in.
1: Right. And I know every sport wants to be, you know, remembered as the first one to come back since the pandemic started, you know, and get that, you know, little pat in the back, which is fine and all. But you got to do it sensibly and you can't do it too soon. You can't do it before everything. You know, it's safe to do so because you're going to be putting people at risk when you really shouldn't have been. Exactly.
0: The whole thing is we all want to get back to normalcy. Sure. Fully on board with that. We have to be smart about this. This is why we're supposed to be adhering to the to the crowd gathering amounts. This is why we're supposed to be adhering to social distancing. We're supposed to be adhering to everything the CDC and the WHO is saying. If it's not coming from them, you shouldn't be paying attention, in my opinion. As long as we're doing that, we can get through the C-19 era very quickly and get back to normal. Everybody's got to play their part, and everybody's got to do the right thing about that. If we're doing that, great, and then we can get there. The UFC needs to follow suit with that. And then if they want to take the time off to do this, this is where you plan it out. And that's what I would do. I challenge them to do this. Friday and Saturday night of International Fight Week, stack a, stack that card up. Everybody should be cleared by then. Make the mm-hmm. cards how you want to. You can raise the price up to 100 bucks a night. Trust me, the audience will be there, and you'll have your biggest buy rates in history. Oh, yeah. And then if you want to do Mortal Kombat after, take it back to UFC 1. Pff, let it go. Let it happen. I'm all for it. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about the cancellation of Fight Island for UFC 249? And what do you think the UFC's next move should be? We definitely wanna have that conversation. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Can you imagine a world immune
0: to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, The time has come for our fourth
1: annual live stream for The Cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever.
0: Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute.
1: Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.
0: Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and there's been a little wrestling news that definitely caught my attention, Pad's attention, mm-hmm. 3FN's attention, and that is the WWE has been deemed an essential business.
1: Well, and it was even before that. They announced they were coming back for live television. The announcement hadn't been made that they were deemed an essential business, and everyone, the collective internet's reaction was, wait, what?
0: Yeah, this was definitely surprising because we kept hearing they were coming back for live showing, and it was going, hmm, how are we doing this? Because right. They have already taped footage, we, we thought at least, through the month of April going into May, mm-hmm. but apparently I don't know what the status is with that. Just all we know is there was a memo that came out from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' office that explained that there has been... Additions to the list of essential services in the state of Florida, including, and I quote, employees at a professional sports and media production with a national audience, including any athletes, entertainers, production team, executive team, media team, and any other necessary Others necessary to facilitate, including services supporting such pro- production. Only if the location is closed to the general public, quote-unquote, and that is from uspn.com
1: They'll say, uh, Dear MLB, NHL, NBA, uh, NFL, and every other sport, move to Florida. You can operate.
0: Uh, y- this is a domino effect, and this is a game-changer on many proportions. So, Pad, let me ask you this. Your thoughts on this.
1: Stupid. Just uh, just, just dumb. Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't get the logic or reasoning behind it. Like, okay, they're an essential business. It's not like you didn't really detail why. Like, I, I just don't understand it.
0: I am with you on that aspect. I The only thing I, I don't understand it, I guess, is where I'm going with this, is that I can only think that they have a great working relationship with the state of Florida. That is the WWE. And I think that what they've been doing is probably showcasing how they've been very proactive about performing during this time and how they've been really making a point to be quarantined from the public and going the above and beyond the call during this time to adhere to the rules given and making sure that their people that are working at said events are in the safest places possible during this mm-hmm not saying it's right or wrong, um, but it is very – that's kind of my takeaway from that, that they've said, okay, this is what we've done. Could we still run? And obviously they have a great working relationship going on. Uh, you know, obviously with the product Performance Center being in Florida, that maybe that Florida was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. So that being said, is business as usual for the WWE. Mm-hmm. Now they do have their own facilities, so it, like I say, they have a very controlled environment. So I, I guess I could understand it, but, mm-hmm. I, but I'm with you on this. It's just it's a very slippery slope to walk.
1: So you want to talk about pulling the trigger and what happens if you bring it back too soon? I think this is going to be a clear case example.
0: Well, they already had one employee that tested positive for C19 after their tapings were done for WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. So that person was away from the event. We don't know who that is, uh, but they're now coming back to the Performance Center wherever the tapings were. So that has been the only isolated event that an employee had caught, it, but it was after tapings. Mm -hmm. But you are right. I mean, this is going to be something that if one person gets sick with the virus down there, they have to shut down immediately. Mm -hmm. So... Vince is walking a fine line with this. Yeah. I it, It's a questionable thing you can go back and forth about, too. I, I know on the next 3FNW show, Rich and I kind of deep dive into this a little more. So definitely chat over to 3FatNerds Podcast Network when that episode drops, and you can kind of hear our takes about it a little more in, in depth. But for this, the show is going on in front of the live audience. And could another sports organization take up shop? We know Major League Baseball is still looking at Arizona. Mm-hmm. And at last, I knew that
1: that was still on the table. From what I've read, there hasn't been much in the movement, either forwards or backwards on that plan. Okay. But to see how this goes, I think, could be a benchmark setting
0: for other sports organizations. I don't know how soon fights would get up and running, like, for example, for the UFC, or mm. if, how much professional sports can you move to Florida. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, that's going to be the precedent that is going to be made.
1: Well, and, I mean, arguably, you can take the MLB... Arizona plan and just move it to Florida right because okay Arizona you have one major league baseball stadium Uh, Florida you have two right and you also have probably without looking at the numbers in front of me an equal number of spring training facilities and also minor league baseball facilities
0: and college facilities college
1: facilities and you know local parks or whatever you have so like in theory with the baseball plan you could just you know just erase Arizona on the sheet of paper and rewrite Florida in it
0: Well, I think it's going to be a wait-and-see aspect about this that I think all professional sports leagues are going to have to look at. If this is feasible, I'm sure you're going to see more people try doing this.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they got to figure something out, you know, because I was reading a story the other day that if part of the NFL season is canceled or, like, postponed, that, you know, a third of all cable subscribers would cut their cable. So, like, you've you've got that staring the NFL and cable companies in the face. Mm. You know, you've already got the revenue lost from the lack of sports right now. I mean, I was reading an article from Hollywood Reporter the other day about, you know, other networks and how they're doing with all the programming and everything shut down. The one that really made my jaw drop was NBC, and I completely forgot about this. NBC has to make up for 85 hours of lost Olympic coverage, which is a nightmare. You know, so it's something that everybody's got to figure out and get figured. And I think getting back to the WWE situation, there was stories going around and rumors going around. I think this, again, like with UFC, came down to the almighty dollar. That there were rumors and there were reports that, according to the television deals for both Raw and SmackDown, so uh, USA Network, and I, cause I think they're on by Comcast. I could be wrong. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, Fox, that according to the deals, they can only do so many pre-taped shows a year. And that there are certain episodes that are earmarked for that. So Christmas, the European stuff. And, and after that, it's kind of like snow days when you're in school. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you got a certain number. You got to be at school 180 days out of the year in the United States. And they've got X number. I don't know how many of offhand earmarked is like, okay, if there's, you know, bad weather or something going on, we're like, we can't safely get the students to school, you know, day off. Similar type situation. That it sounds almost like you know WWE was running out of snow days, and that they were worried about you know the networks coming back and changing the deals and/or withholding money.
0: It could be the case. I mean, it's one fine line you walk when sports become a business. Then mm-hmm. you take away from the athletics and you start thinking about the financial aspects. It, this happens when anytime you hear "professional" mm-hmm. next to a sports athlete. So for the WWE, that would probably make sense, and especially coming off the heels of what's going on with the XFL. I know we're talking apples and oranges, yeah. But with the XFL closing up shop and finally for b- bankruptcy, that,
1: that doesn't surprise me.
0: Well, no, that doesn't surprise me either. Not too that much doesn't
1: surprise thing. me just because I can't remember if I said it on air, but I'm pretty sure I off air at least. I remember saying you guys and reading that like they were operating at a loss, mm-hmm. a loss of money, and they were going to be operating at a loss for at least two or three years. So they were already kind of like. Not backs against the wall, but, like, they were getting backed into a corner.
0: They they were in a bad position. They
1: were in a bad position. They they weren't backed into a corner, but, like, they're kind of approaching a corner. This matter, this whole situation just didn't help them.
0: No, that sunk their battleship. Oh, yeah. Like, it was arguable if they were going to go for another season. I thought they might be able to stretch it out for one more.
1: Yeah, I think they might have gone for another season, but maybe shortened.
0: Yeah, they were going to definitely not. In my opinion, they weren't going to go past, two. No. I was very surprised because, as we were covering on the show before everything got shut down, the only sports highlights we were talking about is the quarterbacks fighting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That's not the best look for your sports league. No. So the XFL was already in trouble and with Vince behind it. I mean,
1: sp- it, happy side note, some of the players are getting signed to NFL teams. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, there, Good is, for them. there is some upside to it. But for Vince, and obviously, when one door shuts, he's got to focus on the main house mm-hmm. and focusing on getting the WWE back up and running. That's what he's trying to do, and with what's going on right now, this is going to be something that we're going to have to watch very intently. Right,
1: and they're getting a lot of their plans for the next couple months, hell, even next year thrown into the air. Because the article I was reading yesterday or – day before, I forget when, was that You know, until things go back to normal, we will not see Brock Lesnar on any form of WWE, anything, because, well, he's a prize fighter, he's a money fighter, he likes to fight in front of crowds, he doesn't like to fight in front of empty buildings. Mm -hmm. And the other one is we may not see Roman back for a a few months with everything going on, which makes sense and I understand, but so you've got, you know, wrestling fans know how meticulous they are and how far out they've got things planned. that, you know, you're airing WrestleMania and they've already got, you know, next year's WrestleMania is plans, you know, penciled in. They're not inked, and the ink's not dry, but like they're already figuring out what they're going to do for next year. This is screwing up everything for them for the next, you know, six months.
0: Oh, it definitely is, and they're going to just have to adapt on the fly. Like we were talking about, th- you know, throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks for mm-hmm. the UFC. The WWE has to do a little differently because they're going to have to deal with fighters not or wrestlers not being down at the performance center for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, that we don't know what the future is going to hold, and they just have to work with what they have right
1: now. And I'll say this: I know Braun wasn't their first choice to win Universal Championship. We all know that was supposed to be Roman, but circumstances what they are, Braun's Universal Championship. I love the idea of Braun facing Bray. Oh yeah, that's a genius idea. That I don't think they've had confrontations and they've kind of like seen each other and maybe said some words to each other, but they've never like actually gone against each other since they split.
0: No, and it's definitely something that now they're making the positive out of a negative. With mm-hmm. different storylines they can do, such as Brave versus Braun, which if you've been following WWE for many years, that's how Braun came into the WWE. No, but,
1: don't, don't forget. Braun was a Rosebud before he was a Wyatt.
0: I try blocking that out as much Braun, as possible.
1: Braun was a Rosebud. Google it.
0: Yes, no, you, but you're exactly right. So, But well, since Braun has become
1: Braun,
0: mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing. And now that we have, obviously, different moving parts going on, you're seeing other wrestlers starting to shine. I don't think any bigger right now than Austin
1: Theory. No. Holy cow. If you're, Strap a rocket to that kid.
0: If you're talking about somebody that took Ooh. advantage of a bad situation and ran with it, Yep. if you've ever heard us talk on the show here or even on 3FN, we have said this kid is going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And he is definitely running with the ball. That they're putting, they're pairing him with Selena Vega, who is now turning into a major faction going on, Mm -hmm. going on with uh, Garza and Andrade, and then there could be one more added to it. We don't know.
1: See, I I did see people throwing out Shield 2.0 question mark.
0: I'd be okay with that. I think that there is a lot of potential for it, and and plus. You have I, – like, I don't want to say it's like the NWO because uh-huh. I think that could be too strong, or the Shield. No. But when you have three up-and-coming starts, and let's face it, I know Andrade's been around for a while, but he's really just started to pick up steam as of late uh-huh. since his NXT run. This is where you can kind of see how these could be your next cornerstones when we talk about Roman, Seth, and, and Dean. Why not Austin, Andrade, and on yeah. Hell? Yeah. That you can see this happening and that they're going to have to take the time to run because now – they're going to be looked upon and being the major superstars going forward. Mm -hmm. And obviously going into Money in the Bank season, because we know that that's going to be the WWE's next big pay-per-view in May. Right, They're going to start lining up their domino effects because they need to really get the ball rolling on what their future plans are going to be. Mm -hmm. And I I believe it's going to be, what, May
1: 17th, I think? Something like that, yeah.
0: For the card. They already started having prelim matches on Raw for their men's and women's match, respectively which, once again, you're having Oscar is looking like she's starting to get a big push with that, so she'll be involved with that. So Money we are, in the Bank
1: is uh, May 10th. Oh, May 10th, okay.
0: I, I couldn't remember. I knew it was in May But, uh-huh. but you're going to start having some of that, and obviously with what's going on with Shayna Baszler right. is she did win her match, albeit, though, the wrong announcement did not help matters. They were not having a good production night, in my opinion, on Raw last right. night as we're recording. Very bad all
1: around. And oh, they, they got to get the wheels turning again. Well, I know they're going Been off for a few weeks. Yeah,
0: but it was definitely an off night. And you could definitely show because when they announced the wrong winner of the match. Yeah. And I almost was wondering if this has something to do with Ronda Rousey's recent comments, which we'll do, I'll, I'll close this segment out with those when we get to it. But to see the Shayna got her big win and then, like I said, Theory had a good chance to show on his match. And you just started seeing that they're really starting to get behind the Vega Incorporated faction, Uh which was really good to see. And how they closed the show, too, with Drew looking strong against Andrade and now setting up for the feud against the one and only Monday Night Messiah. Uh Thoughts on that, Pat? Uh,
1: It should be interesting. You know, Rollins really hasn't chased, you know, a main title belt in a while, so... You know I'm all for it, and it'll be interesting if he wins. You know the eventually, because I can't imagine you know first title defense Drew will drop it. You know, but if and when Rollins wins it, it'll be really interesting to see where he goes because he's great as a as a heel. Mm-hmm. But this is this character is so different from his last heel persona that it'll be very interesting to see what they do with it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see where they go with it, and especially for McIntyre. He's got to get a good run, and, and he's unfortunate that he doesn't have live crowds to work in front of right no. now to really hear how you he would do in front of them. As no, because that intera- that
1: interaction he had with Andrade last night would have been awesome with a crowd.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I do like that they touched upon their NXT feud.
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't norm- they don't normally do that.
0: They don't usually go dipping in the in the crates about that, but that was kind of interesting to see them pull off. So. I was excited to see where it goes, and I know a lot of it was getting overshadowed this week with uh, Ronda Rousey's comments. Yeah. Now, she had a couple choice things to say about that she didn't like working in front of the quote-unquote fake fans and Mm -hmm. uh, just did not have a lot of nice things to say about her coming back, and uh, she was kind of saying that she just wants to do part-time. So, Pad, let me ask you this. What is your overall take on Ronda's comments?
1: I understand where she's coming from. She could have worded it better. You know, I understand that when she came in, she expected, you know, glowing praise and fan adulation because, by and large, that's what she got when she was in UFC and Mm. and in the mixed martial arts world. You know, okay, she didn't come into instant, you know, love and praise. but it, It built up, but when she left UFC, everybody loved her. You know, she was the darling. She was on all the interview shows and all the morning shows. And I think she might have expected some of that to translate over because there is some overlap between, you know, MMA fans and professional wrestling fans. Sure. But there's, it, it's still a Venn diagram. You know, there's still that middle part of the two circles, but then there's also the, the other parts of the circles that are like, okay, they don't overlap. You've got MMA fans that aren't wrestling fans, and you've got wrestling fans that aren't MMA fans. And I'm sure there was a fair number of them who did not care who she was or the name of it. it's like, oh, hey, cool, Ronda Rousey's here. What's she got? You know, oh, she's a terrible wrestler. Boo. Like, as a wrestler, you got to kind of let some of that bounce off of you. John Cena has been hearing it for 10, 15 years. You know, he feeds off of that. That being said, I kind of hope she comes back because, you know, and also fear for her a little bit because whoever they pair her with, they're going to work her real stiff for about half of their match.
0: I have my thoughts about this. One, I think that that was a total work by her. I think that maybe she started out shooting. And if you know anything about when she's done interviews in the past, Take a look at when she was a coach on The Ultimate Fighter, mm. and she came off very bad in certain aspects in front of the camera, and, and it just goes to show, I mean, she's just got a different personality that I don't think translates well mm. for that part of the camera, like when she's being very honest, mm-hmm. that it doesn't come off as cordial, I guess would be no. the way to put it. And it's, it's not exactly the most positive light when you're supposed to be working on building a fan base and you're complaining about fans not liking you. Well, if you're complaining, they don't like you wrestling fans typically like to troll when Mm -hmm. they can do that. Yeah. So I think that they're really going to have a feast on this one. Oh yeah. And I think that she didn't do any favors. And I think that certain wrestlers such as Nia Jax Mm -hmm. and Alexa bliss had a few things to say about this and mark my words. I think that the WWE is now fully spinning this into a work and I think that you're going to see the first match back for Ronda is going to be Nia.
1: Oh, yeah, is going to work her real stuff.
0: And, yeah, I don't expect that that is going to have any pulled punches in certain degrees. I think that some shots are going to be given. How Ronda reacts to that is going to be anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that's going to go. Um, I couldn't give you a timetable, but I think that the amount of wrestlers that are chiming in about Ronda's comments tend to make me think that we might see an appearance sooner than later. I got a feeling, possibly at Money in the Bank, maybe not involved in the match per se, but not saying it's completely out of the realm of thought. I'd say maybe SummerSlam. A SummerSlam would be the smarter bet because I, I think that they're going to have Nia versus Ronda, and I think you have Shayna versus Becky. Yeah. And the rematch, and I think that makes a lot of sense to do. And I think that they can ultimately set up Shayna versus Ronda, however they want to spin that. But for Ronda to come back and, and take a little shot at the fans. I just think it's one of those situations where if you know you're returning, don't bite the hand that's feeding you. Yep. Because those fans are going to completely go at you. Also
1: don't bite, you know, the proverbial hand of the person or people who have to safely perform a move on you and not get you injured. They're like you ha- you have to put your trust in them to not injure you. Now I'm not saying any of these wrestlers would deliberately injure her, but like, you know, they're going to hit you a little hard.
0: Let's just say this: Nia accidentally hit Becky and broke her nose. Yeah, not saying Nia would be a little more incentive-laced to do something, but there'll,
1: there'll be a few punches she doesn't hold back.
0: But if there's a punch she doesn't hold back, how is Ronda going to react? And if Ronda goes full UFC
1: mode, which she is more than capable of doing, oh, that's a switch she can turn on. How
0: is this all going to play out? Like this is where it's going to be a fine line to walk. A lot of fine lines this week in the land of sports. But this is where the WWE is gonna really have to monitor that situation should they bring her back. Then who knows? It could be a situation where Ronda does crash money in the bank. We know she's due. When we've only had a few players get added to the to the table here. So more is gonna be happening this week as we're progressing on through television. Mm-hmm. Friday Night SmackDown didn't really have a lot going on, so I don't really feel no. like covering too much on that. But where they go from here other than building up for Braun and Bray. That was the only thing that was a highlight. which was phenomenally. Everything else is kind of a snooze fest. But where they go from here is going to be anybody's guess since now they can go to live shows. I don't know what we can expect coming forward. All I know is that we got people getting ready for money in the bank, which is going to be a big Mm pay-per-view. How the WWE wants to translate this and set the benchmark for every other sports organization right now is going to be a lot of pressure that they're going to need to handle. They can't afford to slip up. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about the WWE now being named an essential business? And what's your thought about the live shows coming back? We definitely want to have that interaction. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, all. I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom, from movies to TV, video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Bington.
0: Woo! coming back for the final segment on this edition of the odph podcast no local minute to report everything is still on shutdown so the only thing we can do is stress 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 please support local wherever you can yeah that being said One thing that we're going to really close out with, I know that Coach Duffy is sitting at home, and we give our shout-out to Coach right now, at CoachDuffy11 on Twitter if you want to hit him up. Has had this date circled for a long time. Uh And now we finally get to the dance on Sunday, Pat.
1: One shiny. Oh, sorry, wrong dance. Wrong dance. Wrong Wrong dance dance
0: on this one. No, we get the Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. I
1: feel like documentary isn't even the right term for this. I don't know what it is, but, like doing a 10 part documentary like especially on something like this large encompassing doesn't documentary just doesn't feel like the right term.
0: No, it definitely doesn't. This has been I don't I don't want to say like a hidden gem, but I know it's been talked about for a long time and then uh. when we finally saw the trailer come out way back when and we were all extremely excited to see what was going to happen with this because we had long heard that there was footage about the 1997 1988 bulls Team, the, mm-hmm. you know, the last run that they'd had as the great championship team, yeah, with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and company. That this was, like I say, almost unheard of that they had footage of everybody's you know, point of view during this time, it yeah, just, all access, uh, all access, which was unheard of for yeah. this time period. So now we finally get this footage, and it is going to kick off on Sunday. The trailer, like we said, has looked phenomenal, and yeah. if, if you are a sports fan, which, if you're listening to this show, I would assume you are. Yeah. And if not, I am definitely telling you to check this out. Pat, how excited are you about this? I'm
1: very excited about this because I was aware of Michael Jordan. You know, obviously, Space Jam had come out by then, so you know it, it, he was very well known amongst you know folks of my age and my gen in my generation. Um, but also, you know, I I kind of knew who the Bulls were just because I saw the logo and I saw people. The, the jacket was real popular back in the day. The starter jacket. You know, and all that. But like, I didn't fully understand it. And I never really saw him play just because I didn't really give a, you know, what about sports, you know, for another two years or so after this, you know, 1998 season. So I never really got to watch Jordan in his prime. So just to see, I've heard the stories and I've seen the video and I've seen the footage and I, you know, I've seen the highlights and everything, but this is just something so unlike I think anything we've ever seen in terms of a sports documentary. And there's plenty of them out there. ESPN's done great with all their 30 for 30s. And if you have ESPN plus, I highly recommend you go check a lot of them out. They're all great. You know, the Dan Marino, uh, John Elway one about that draft class sticks out in my mind. You know, but just this it's just you know an all access filming for, of that team and all its parts for a year where that was when they were at their height of popularity and, and Rodman was doing the crazy stuff he was doing and Jordan was at his height of cool and and Phil Jackson was the guy who could you know put it all together
0: to watch this growing up and seeing it from the outsider looking in. The Bulls were like your your Patriots. That's probably the closest we've had to sure, a dynasty. Sure, sure. The Bulls at that time, and this is coming from a Knicks fan, mind you, were so dominant, it was always just scary to watch them play and just how much of a fine-oiled machine they were, that they could just go on the court and you knew that you needed them to have an off night to beat them uh-huh. because they had so much talent going on. Phil Jackson with the triangle offense and Scottie Pippen – balancing out Dennis Rodman and Jordan and just the drama that was that team which you never really saw that happen before because they were all so professional about it but they were also going in and performing and you're getting the like I say, so much of the behind the scenes to see how a dynasty ticks mm-hmm. that's probably the most interesting thing to see that we will be able to finally see
1: well and to go back to your point you needed an off night to beat him you needed more than an off night you needed an off night of biblical proportions because let's not forget jordan played a game with the flu Mm -hmm. and still won yeah so you needed something real crazy to happen to beat the bulls
0: well i've always said that michael jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time oh yeah i'll stand by that that is a different era and for him to be as great as he was that to set the benchmark which more players have now followed him after, late Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. I mean, the names go on and on and on about the great players. To see the benchmark that Jordan set and the fact that Jordan had the original super team, albeit before there was a super team built, right, right. to see that he he made his fellow teammates better. And you can definitely tell when he left to go play baseball right. how much the Bulls dropped off. So oh, yeah. him being on that court made those players that much better it is truly a remarkable feat to see. And like I say, as a Knicks fan growing up, I hated seeing him, but it was, a, it was a respect. It's like they had for the Patriots when Brady was there. This is a respect thing that, sure, you don't root for them, but just to bask in how well they play and how much they operate at such a high level and just really set the benchmark it was always just phenomenal to see. And let alone now we get to see that final run. Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be something to watch and just see the breakdown. I believe they've interviewed over 100 people about this too. Wow. That they have so many influences coming in around the league and just everybody who sat there and lived through it and get their perspective. Yeah. This this is going to be a major event. And just, I mean, trying to break this down is just – going to be absolutely crazy i mean this is like i believe this just has so much that is just going to just captivate you as a sports fan and really it's going to make everybody really want to watch the nba the minute this gets done and
1: it's going to be interesting to see how they do this because it's not like some documentaries where they're in they're they're split into three parts and beginning middle and an end you know this is 10 parts so like and and they're all i believe going to be one hour a piece right if not longer so, they're covering at minimum 10 hours worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it's just going to be interesting to see where, you know, rumored stories that you might have heard about back in day like oh, there was a rumor that, you know, this happened behind the scenes. You might find out about it. You know, it'll be oh, I wonder how this happened. There was there was a game they played against, you know, San Antonio where something seemed to be happening on the court, but I can't really be sure. You might find out about it. It'll it'll just be interesting, like especially with some of the players that were there and played against them, just some of the stuff and the stories that we may not have heard before.
0: Yeah, this is just going to be absolutely mind-blowing. And to say this is going to be the last dance, the last time the Bulls were making the runs, this is just going to be absolutely wild to mm-hmm. see. And like I said, growing up in the era where you saw Chicago win two separate 3P titles. Yeah. And you, like I said, the only reason it wasn't more is because Jordan and to played play baseball. Yeah which was absolutely crazy. And then when he came back, he he came back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. And just to see how he made – just to see his impact on the game. Yeah. That there's never been anybody else like him. I think the closest was Kobe when yeah. Kobe was playing.
1: But that's the thing is Kobe was great, and Kobe was an amazing player. But I don't think we've seen a player on the same skill level – like. Throughout his career, just like every player, Kobe, LeBron, Steph, they've had ups and downs. They've had great years and they've had terrible years. Mm-hmm. Jordan, start to finish, might have, might have been a little bit of a slow start, but everybody has that at the start of a season. Kobe had it, LeBron had it, Curry had it. You know, everybody's had it. But once you kind of hit that, that peak of your game or you're at the top of your game, you really get going. You really got your handle on things. I don't think we've ever seen a player, I'll even say in any sport, have a sustained successful run at dominance and just being great like Jordan. No, LeBron is good. LeBron is a game changing player. And I would say LeBron is in the same vein as Jordan in terms of he makes players around him better, but LeBron has had his ups and downs. LeBron's had great years. He's had awful years. Hmm. Jordan start to finish great years.
0: Jordan, when he was with Chicago, the Washington years I don't count. Those don't exist. Those don't exist. So I just want to very much clarify that because somebody goes, this documentary not covering those years. Exactly. But well, his his here. his run with Chicago and just the magic they made and how they transcended the NBA, where they turned it away from being just a sport to a to a, a global event. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about the influence about how that translated overseas to how the European game is picked yeah. up and how you know the games over in the Far East have picked up. A lot of it has to do with the influence of Jordan, and right? Just yeah, when because when, that's when he was playing on the Olympic team. Oh yeah, and when you know once that started going on, and you started seeing the NBA players get over there, yeah, that you really showed how the game had transcended and gone there.
1: Well, and you especially look at the one uh, game against the Olympics. I forget against what, what country it was where where him and Pippen shut the one other guy down that was supposed to be playing with the Bulls. Oh, Tony Kukoc. Yeah, when he when they shut down Kukoc. I, I think that for a lot of people around the world, like the United States, we already knew what they were. They're like, all right, they're they're about to manhandle this guy. Mm-hmm. But I think for fans around the world, that they knew who he was and they knew he was good. I think instances like that opened their eyes, like, holy crap. Well, once the
0: Dream Team came over there, I mean, and he was one of the 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 top three people on that team. I mean, that whole team was so ridiculously stacked.
1: Oh, that was, yeah, that was that was like what you do in a video game, and you turn off like all the settings that would prevent you from doing that.
0: Yeah, I think that that showed the world what Jordan was capable of and just how him and Magic and Bird and, I mean, the list goes on and on about the team from 92, just to see how they impacted the world with the game. I mean, trying to put into words the impact that Jordan has had on a sport, Mm -hmm. he's a player that revolutionized it. Oh, yeah. I'll be very honest. I mean, everything from – the sneakers, because I mean, that's when Air Jordans really took off yeah and, and, and you talk about like how sneakers became such a big part of the you know the basketball culture, so to speak. and just to see how that's just exploded after him and how he was once synonymous with Nike for all the years and mm-hmm. just really the first one to have that big superstar contract with a clothing brand. And just to see that he is just one of those great players that just makes a game better and makes everybody else raise their levels up to match him. I mean, just to see how this is going to get broken down from the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i super excited to see this. And like we say, this is going to kick off this Sunday on the 19th of April.
1: Mm-hmm. and Episodes 1 and 2.
0: Yes, episodes 1 and 2. And if you are outside the U.S., I am reading that the series is going to be available on Netflix. Okay, so cool. yeah, So if you don't have the opportunity to watch ESPN, for whatever reason, check Netflix wherever you're listening to us from. And definitely take a look at that series when it comes out, because I'm telling you this right now. This is going to be the event for sports for a while that we are all going to be talking about. We might be doing a review about it, I would say, next week, but that's going to be the NFL draft. Do you believe that's yeah. snuck up on us?
1: Well, that's happening, and Roger Goodell's going to be announcing the first-round picks from his basement.
0: Right, which is the smart thing to do right now. And like I say, but between that and the NFL draft, this is going to be the biggest sports story going on right now yeah. unless some, somehow, some way, an organization comes back.
1: No, I don't think that's happening.
0: I don't think that's happening next week. No. But for right now, set your DVRs, set your calendars, set your alarms, whatever you need to set. April 19th, this is going down on ESPN, The Last Dance, the story of the 97-98 Chicago Bulls. This is must-watch TV. I'm giving the highest possible recommendation for this. That being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Fair City Fire. There are friends in Austin, Texas. And shout-out to Brian Wolf. He has some solo music coming out, too. Yeah. So he's been doing a little of that on Facebook. And we have so many friends of ours that are doing solo concerts on Facebook. Where do you find out about that? com, and head over to the music section. And, Pat, I'll even throw this challenge out. Okay. We have been very fortunate to have a lot of great DJ battles on Instagram.
1: Yeah, we have. RZA
0: DJ Premier, enough said. Mm-hmm. But I am going to throw this challenge out to our local friends of the show, our musician friends. Why don't we have them kind of do a little square off? Okay. That we can't get, let's say, Julian from Shout at the Robots go against Tyler from Second Mm-hmm. Five songs back to back to back to back, just entertain the fans and definitely let the world hear the great music. I'll throw that challenge out. I'm going to throw that out to Walking Distance. I'll throw it out to Floodland's. I'll throw it out to Yard Party. I'll throw it out to Tom Jolu. I'll throw it out to everybody that is on the OchoDuroParlayHour.com music section. And let's see what you guys got. So also on the ODPH website, though, I do have to plug our ODPH directory. So we got to give a shout-out to Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, doing big things with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Uh, first episode was Straight Fire. Definitely was in that chat going on. Game looks amazing. Pat, have you played it yet?
1: Uh, I need to. Uh, I'm currently working on the second DLC for Borderlands 3, but as soon as that's done, I've got to pick up uh, Final Fantasy 7.
0: Definitely check out Thomas page because he is breaking that down when he's there and live. is is must-watch TV. also have to give a shout-out to Johnny Moose and Excite Wrestling. They are still going strong with their Excite Classics channel on YouTube. Yeah. And I have to give a shout-out to all the groups that we are in. Shout-out to Pod Nation. Shout-out to Legion Independent Podcast. Shout out to the Apocalypse community and, of course, shout out to hashtag 607 podcast Right now, if you go to the ODPH page and you go to the ODPH directory, you can click on any one of those groups. And the Pod Chaser list is up. And for every v- review that is left for a podcast, it doesn't have to be us. I mean, I do appreciate any five-star reviews. So feel free to leave it for us. They really help the show. They do. They truly do. But for any podcast that is up there, you leave a review. Podchaser is donating $0.25 cents to Meals to Wheels or Meals on Wheels. So if a podcast gets a review, like let's say you leave one for us, we will leave one back. Podchaser also donate another $0.25. Cents. So technically a review could be $0.50, cents, all to- going towards Meals on Wheels, going through April 16th. Okay. I have been leaving reviews left and right for a lot of our friends of our podcast, and I've been trying to go through all those lists. So if you want to leave a review up there – that is the place to do it. You just got to write a quick review. Great show. I mean, the, the instructions are on there for Podchaser. So just head over to Podchaser.com. Check out the their reviews for good hashtag. They'll give you all the information. Then just head over to the ODPH directory after that. Go find a podcast that you like listening to. Leave a review. They should be leaving you one back. I know I left one for Epic Film Guys. They hit me back today for a bunch of the reviews I left. Super appreciative of those guys let's help out the communities where we can help out right now and it's a great cause to do for a very very little amount of effort to do leave a quick review it helps and speaking of epic film guys we have to say shout out to them may 27th through the 31st twitch.tv slash epic film guys live stream for the cure it is officially announced the odph three fat nerds podcast and tom from off the Cove gaming are going to be teaming up to do An hour of content on Livestream for the Cure, so we're super happy to help raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. $10,000 is the goal, and we're going to do our best to raise that money and help kick cancer's ass. So for more information on that, Livestreamforthecure.com, or if you want to leave an early donation, instructions are on there as well. The button, excuse me. Man, I'm getting so hyped up. I'm running out of voice here is right on the odph front page so you can definitely click on that get all the information you can and we also have to give a shout out to our friends over at eight one two two productionscom shout out to rich ron and hashtag big natty cool still on twitter pad oh boy he's still on he has not gotten kicked off in fact he's promising more love is scary oh god oh be ready my friend be ready and in fact it got announced ron is going to be doing i love movies on their patreon channel as well And I'm super excited to hear his movie reviews coming on. First one up is John Wick. Oh, God. Oh, yes. So if you've heard the 3FN show, which you should be listening to, Ron has a lot of feelings towards John Wick and the movie franchise. So you'll have to get behind a paywall to hear the true uncooked, uncut, unedited version. $1 gets you in the front door. $3 gets you a comfy seat at the table. All of that can be found on patreon.com slash 8122productions. So that being said... That is all I got for this week. So anything more, you can go over to com and check out. So for the one and only, Paddle One, Thank you. Thank you. I'm your host, Ken. And thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the OchoDuro Parley Hour. See you next time.